And now another edition of Traveling with Paul Lasley and Elizabeth Harriman. Every edition of Traveling with Paul Lasley and Elizabeth Harriman airs weekdays on the American Forces Network in countries around the world. Each show is also available as a podcast at ontravel.com and at iTunes. Just use the keyword on travel. Here's Paul and Elizabeth. Max Hartshorn joins us once again today. And, uh, you know, Max is editor of Go Nomad, so we're going to go nomad today. And you are traveling with Paul Leslie and Elizabeth Harriman right here on the American Forces Network and at ontravel.com. Max, welcome back to traveling. Great to be with you again, Paul, on this chilly day in <laughs> South Deerfield, Massachusetts. You know, the rest of the East Coast of the United States, and I guess the South, is going through the blizzard of the century kind of thing. Uh, I assume you're nice and warm and toasty next to your your wood-burning stove, and uh, you have this idyllic sort of New England view of the world. Is that correct? It's absolutely picture perfect here with the the like uh, I I, used, I was doing the snow blowing last night. I was thinking it looked looked to me like a wedding cake. I was cutting up. Very <laughs> nice. Well, uh, a native Californian, I don't know about such things, but you know, occasionally we'd put the, a jacket on and drive up to the snow in Los Angeles, and we'd play in the snow, and then we'd come back down and go loll in the swimming pool for a while. <laughs> Uh, but you don't want to know about that because you're a hardy New Englander. <laughs> so um, let's let's talk a little bit about travel in Europe, because, uh, you know, now that the holidays are over, uh, airfares are coming down a little bit and you're going to find some great deals this year. And you were in the Algarve in Portugal. And I have to ask you about this because on GoNomad.com, your website, I, I looked at those photographs. The grilled sardines we'll talk about in just a bit. But Portugal is one of those places that, you know, everybody wants to go to uh, Spain and Barcelona and everything like that. But Portugal, they often overlook. And yet it I've been there a couple of times. Number one, it's a bargain. And number two, it's just really a neat place to be. You feel really good being in Portugal. Oh, it was just one of the nicest places I've been in a long time, and that is so true about the uh, cost of, of living. Um, the Portugal is probably more affordable than any country in Western Europe uh, by far. And it has to do, really, it's a little bit of a sad story, Paul, because what it has to do with is the minimum wage. The minimum wage in Portugal is about 500 euros a month, and the minimum wage in across the border in Spain is 1,000 euros a month. So you basically have a lot of people that live on very little money, so things can't be too expensive. I never forget we were in uh, Portugal, in the Algarve region, which is a, a gorgeous part of Portugal, down the south part of Portugal. And we were in the city of Faro, which is a neat town, a bustling town with a bustling market. We took a, a food tour, and uh, he handed us, he went over the counter and met a guy who does goat cheese, and he handed us this fresh goat cheese. And it was one euro for a whole package of goat cheese. And he said, that's Portugal prices. That's what you get right there, Portugal prices. Because the people who live in Portugal can't afford to spend a whole lot of money on goat cheese. So the traveler benefits quite a bit from that. It seems to me, too, that, um, uh, you know, the tenor of your article, and, and I know you well enough to know that uh, you tell it like it is, is this is just an easy place to be. It's a, it's cheaper, yes, but everything works. And, uh, well, it's it's Portugal, so everything works Portuguese. But it's still a, a really sort of nice place to decompress. 
It really is. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. I mean, between the fact that most people speak English, the fact that you can afford most things, uh, it's easy to rent a car. We rented a car from Auto Europe and came right out of Lisbon. It was very simple, right on the free with a beautiful freeway that's not crowded and not you know not at all intimidating. And we took our two and a half hour drive down south, down uh, on the beautiful uh, the big highway, and there we were. We ended up in um, the town of Salema, Portugal, which is on the western side, right on the Atlantic. And yeah, it really does work so well. I mean, you don't have a lot of strikes. You don't have a lot of crazy things like in France where there's always some new strike. You know, people are a little bit more easygoing. And it is just, they've got a great lifestyle there. I, when I was in, in, in Ireland, I met a woman who had just moved to, to Portugal. She had just picked up she lived in, in in California, and she moved to Faro. Uh, she was a widow, and she just are making a new life. And there's she's like a lot of people who are expats who are discovering that they can live on the beach in Faro in southern Portugal for so much less than they can live, and they have health care. So it's that's another reasonable boost is you can have health care too. It's a great thing. There are people are in, in great shape, and the tourism is really going well. But it's not overwhelming, which is the, the important thing. That that's so important. Uh, you know it, you mentioned driving do you need a car to get around in in the algarve or, or in portugal in general i mean i i have sort of i've been there enough to know that the rail network is not extensive it, it does cover a good portion of the country though no, I think you really do need a car in the Algarve. You're, you're far enough away. Things are far enough away. Like, for instance, when we did that, it wasn't that expensive. We picked up a rental car, you said, we, you know, a Europe car through Auto Europe, and it wasn't difficult to navigate. And the distances are kind of far. Like, we we spent some time in um, uh, different cities in throughout, um, you know, the south of Portugal, we, going sort of all across that bottom part of Portugal, the Algarve. So we, some of the distances were significant, and we really liked being able to get out there. Like, we went to a wine tasting out in the remote part of the country and then we went on a fishing trip and we had to drive to another um, another one of the towns um, and so it really was much nicer to be able to get around with a car i gotta say i and this is one of the few times when i'd have to say although public transportation is much better in portugal than it is in the united states this is a case where you really would like to have a car and it's not an expensive proposition to get a car um, and it really gives you the chance to really see these beautiful beaches and and the things are spread out and you, you can't just jump on a bus i mean you may be able to but i think from a tourism point of view the the bus the car would be makes it a much more fun trip <laughs> well i i remember once in italy taking a local bus it was north of venice quite a bit north uh to and we wanted to go to this roman ruin it actually was amazing collection of mosaics in an old church and somebody said uh, the lo one of the locals says oh it's no trouble take a bus and you know the buses are very inexpensive and so we thought okay we can take a bus and because we didn't have a car with us and uh, we got on the bus and first of all no one spoke english and you know in parts of rural italy the language doesn't sound like italian it is but they speak with so many slang expressions and they're so fast you just can't understand it so you know we we were having trouble that way and but the bus driver finally stopped the bus and pointed and there was this church out of the middle of nowhere and he stops for us and then in italian he says Basically, we figured it out later. I'll wait for you when I come back. And that was it. And so we're now in the middle of Italy. There's no great cell service. 
And we're out there. Well, we we went to this church with the mosaics. It was fantastic and well worth the trip and everything else. And we thought, well, okay, we'll walk back up to the road and wait. We waited, I don't know, it was about 45 minutes or so. And it was a nice day, thank heaven. And here comes the bus and he stops for us. But I'm thinking, this is not for the traveler or the average traveler, you know, Um, so uh, renting a car is often a very good idea. Well, yeah. Yeah, it is. There's, I mean, a few things to think about when you're in a car. The only, I mean, obviously the price of gas, you're looking at uh, seven, eight bucks a gallon versus, you know, what I just paid, 238 last night for gas. So you do have a little higher gas cost, but we got a diesel and the diesel gets fantastic mileage. And that's almost, you almost always can get it. I would certainly recommend that uh, people get diesels rather than uh, gas if you're going to rent a car. Again, Auto Europe was really easy. We just call them up, set everything up. They, it was very simple. And uh, the only other thing that's interesting about it is you have to make sure that you get the, you prepay the, uh, you know, they have these, um, a lot of tolls in, in Portugal and all across Europe, there's lots of tolls, which are much higher than the tolls we're used to. I mean, you're talking about like 40 bucks versus 10 bucks, sure. but you get that you work it out so that you have a little transponder and you basically set up with a credit card. So you're paying those things in advance. You do not want to ignore that and then have to try to pay it afterwards because they, technically you'd have to actually pull into the next exit and mail them the toll, which <laughs> is really a pain in the neck. So I think you definitely want to make sure that when you pick up the car, from Auto Europe or Europe car, you arranged to have those tolls paid on a credit card. And then we ended up paying about 20 bucks. So it wasn't much, but it would have been a big pain if we didn't do it in the proper way. So that's when they remember. And then you do that, but you get a transponder that I, I take it takes care of all of this for you. Exactly. Right? Just sail right through with that, just like in the United States. You don't have to worry about it. But but let's talk a little bit about some of the things. I, I Really, there's some some real features there. I, I'd have to say one of the things I just loved was the food. And you talked about the sardines. Now, yeah, the- let's stop with the sardines for a minute, because this happens to be a passion of mine. I have had <laughs> grilled sardines all over the Mediterranean. And they are something you can't get them in the U.S., at least I haven't found them easily but in in and port these look fantastic on your webpage at gonomad.com but the thing that i love about grilled sardines is that they're everywhere and they're cheap and they're wonderful yeah we just we had the most wonderful lunch we stopped at a little place we were driving along you know the classic you're on your trip you're on a road trip pulled over went into a little village and we found nudos grilled sardines this outdoor guy he was we saw a guy in front of a grill and, you know, looked like a, a little place to sit. And we sat down in this place. And this guy just brought us the most gorgeous bunch of different things, fish, different types of fish with just a lemon and nothing fancy or anything like that, but cheap. I mean, we ended up, I think it was ended up costing us 20 bucks for two big, you know, big meals of that grilled food. And then the other thing that we found was that wherever you go, I mean, seafood is the thing in the Algarve and you can get it in so many different things in so many different ways. And they really are a creative. If they don't go over the top though, you know, the cooking isn't as like France where they're looking at special sauces and really uh, elaborate preparations. It's more like simple, you know, potatoes, some grilled fish, some, some salad, really keep keeping it simple, not going overboard. Well, that's so important. And it's, and it's easier if you're a tourist too, because sometimes I always remember one of my favorite New Yorker cartoons is a, a couple sitting in a restaurant and the waiters are just bringing in a, what looks like a poached elephant. And, uh, the wife turns to the husband in the cartoon and says, I told you not to order in French. Uh, you know, but the, but the truth is sometimes you just need that simplicity of food menus. 
Exactly. And that's what I like about playing that. In fact, one of the, I just, my preference when I go on a trip, I love it when they just bring me the food and I don't know what it is. And it's just usually really good. And I, I went on a trip once where I never ordered one thing. I just kept on, they just kept on telling me this is what we're having and they brought it and it was great. But um, hey, I want to also talk a little bit about where we stayed. We stayed at um, a couple of different places in the Algarve, but one of the places we really loved was the Tivoli Carvalho, which is this resort on the, uh, on the southern part. It's owned by Minor Hotels. It's a beautiful resort. Um, you can just see the pictures. It's dramatic as hell. You know, it's right on a right on the end of a, edge of a cliff with a beautiful pool right on the edge of a cliff. And this this uh, resort, Tivoli, was just recently, uh, maybe three years ago, I think, taken over by Minor Hotels. And it's a really beautiful hotel. I got to say, it's, the rooms were gorgeous. It wasn't expensive, um, but it was just a, a really nice experience by Miner. Miner's an Asian-based company, but they do a great job at the Tivoli Carval. Um, and you can see a link on our website. You can see some pictures of the hotel and some of the things. And they have a great concierge. They take care of you with massages, and they take care of setting up day trips. And they really, they were they were a great asset, you know, much more than most resorts, where they really, even though um, you know, we were journalists, they really made sure that we were comfortable. And uh, and I have to say the Tivoli people were great. Well, uh, what did you find in terms of staying in hotels? Now that the uh, uh, this hotel you mentioned is around three hundred dollars a night, um, which is pretty reasonable for resorts in Europe, no question. Um, but did you find overall were there in more inexpensive hotels that you uh, found? <laughs> Yeah, there was definitely many, many options. Like, for instance, when we stayed in Salema, which is a small beachside village uh, north of the resort where we stayed earlier later, we stayed at a place that was only, I think it was 95 euros for two for two of us. We just had a big room. So it was 95 euros, nothing. You know, it was really nice. So you can get inexpensive places. This was just a little place called Amare, just a little kind of a little beachside place with a heck of a view. But um, yeah, you can always find that. I mean, Tivoli is going to be a resort, which includes some of those prices will include food and breakfast and stuff. The beautiful banquet they do in the morning, a breakfast buffet. Um, the smaller places obviously don't offer that type of a thing. But Portugal is not known as a breakfast place. You know, it's just a, a, a little bit of bread, a little bit of coffee, a little bit of fruit kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the combinations are the other thing, as you know, Paul, I mean, in this day and age, uh, Airbnb is just a fantastic resource. You can find so many different Airbnbs all over Portugal and and, and get yourself a, a beautiful apartment or a hotel, or a, not a hotel, but a beautiful apartment or a room yeah. in, a, in a house. So I, that's a route I'd certainly recommend people to look into for Portugal. That's a great tip. Um, but so anyway, there's a wide range of accommodations and that places it within almost everybody's budget. The other the other thing I want to ask you about, and I'd like to just go back to Europe Car a minute. Um, a couple of years ago, I think we did an interview with them, and it's a different kind of rental company in Europe, and they're very, very good. Uh, do you use them uh, a lot? Or, uh, you know, because people say, what company, you know, there's Hertz and Avis, and there are all of those. But I find companies like Europe Cars particularly appealing because they understand European concepts of driving. Yeah, well, it's, um, actually, you know, the, the, the American company where you can, you arrange the rental, in they're based in Portland, Maine, and so Auto Europe would be where you would make your arrangements and make your payments and, and arrange the booking. And then when you go there, you're going to be served by a company, in our case, it was Europe Car. So it, Auto Europe is kind of an aggregator where they're based in the U.S. and they they make it simple and they make it easier for you to, to rent the car, but you end up going to Europe 
car or another vendor for the actual car. So I, I think if you just want to get a rent a car in Europe, just go to autoeurope.com and start using a, you can find a link on our site or in many different sites and you just start to put in your parameters where you want to go. And then the actual rental is from, from another company like Europe Car or, or Hertz or Avis. Now, fortunately, Elizabeth and I are both very good drivers, although once I did scratch a car driving, it's a very minor scratch on the side driving in Ireland. Uh, those hedgerows are mean. But mm-hmm. at, any, at any rate, uh, I think it was a one-lane road and there was a bus coming at us, so I could probably be excused for that. But what I discovered was it's always good to get the insurance. Do you find that in Europe as well? It is, because you're going to be nervous. You know, I, I don't want to be nervous. So yeah, if it's going to be another 100 bucks. And it avoids being any kind of, I mean, imagine just you're, you're, you're on those little, yeah, some of those roads are so narrow and in the cities, they're so narrow and it, the chances of scratching that car are pretty high. So, and I think I would have gone for the bush if I saw a bus coming too. So I think it's worth it. I think you have to, you know, remember that you don't want to be always on eggshells. Um, although there in many cases, your American Express, if you do pay by American Express, um, there will be covered by the American Express or the visa. So that you'll have to look into that more specifically from your cards. But there are cases in which your coverage from your own insurance at home covers the um, rental car. Um, so you'll have to just depend. I guess it just depends. But if it's not too expensive, I certainly would go just because you don't want to be worrying about it. Well, that's the point. And you don't have to worry about negotiating in another language and, and all the intricacies of legal things. And and in some countries, I know uh, our listeners have said uh, over the years, you know, you do not want to drive your own car. Hire somebody to drive you there because they have this quaint custom of throwing you in jail if anything happens until they sort out the issue. So, yeah, well, that's uh, that, there's another example of why Portugal is so great because Portugal, that's not really a problem. You know, in other countries it is. But I think Portugal, is just, the people are very polite. One of the things my, my friend Paul Pashul, who's my traveling partner, was on me on this trip. He's my photographer. And he made a comment in his article that he wrote about. He wrote an article for johnnyjet.com about the same trip. And he said, you know, one of the things that's really neat is that the drivers, the drivers are absolutely different in Portugal than they are in other parts of Europe. They don't have that aggressiveness at all. They're very relaxed. They're very, they're not, you know, it's not a lot of angst. It's not a lot of, you know, crazy uh, road rage. People are let you pull in and, you know, they don't have to worry about if you're passing them. There's definitely a feeling of mellowness. I have to say, I think other people would agree with me. Portugal just has a very laid back vibe. It's not at all like even in Italy, I've had a couple of times where people, you know, people get really emotional and get really pissed. But, you know, in Portugal, they're just not that uptight. Well, it's great. I, I think that's wonderful to hear. I found that as well, uh, although you've been there much more than I have. But, you know, the, the other thing that I it just reminds me of something. A good friend of ours who lives in Rome said there's a secret to crossing the street in Rome. And I said, Please tell me, you know, because as you know, the traffic there is very aggressive. He said, always cross with a little old lady. Because in Rome, that little old lady's son may be an attorney, and you don't want to hit her. <laughs> so I don't know whether that's that's probably an apocryphal story, but we have we have sort of observed that whenever we can find a little old lady crossing the street, we we volunteer to go with her, and uh, it's so far it's worked. <laughs> but nevertheless, well, you know, in Portugal, and and you had some remarkable dining experiences there. We we touched on the sardines, but um, you went to the fish market in Faro. I was astounded; they consume more 
fish in Portugal than any other place in Japan, but Japan. Is that correct? <laughs> it's amazing that everything has fish, and in fact, it's it's uh, interesting that, that a lot of the fish doesn't come from Portugal anymore. It used to used to come, and there's lots of different fish, you know, fisheries, but they can't keep. They actually can't get enough fish for the Portuguese who are so crazy for fish. You know, bacalao is one of their favorite things, that salt cod, and that comes from Scandinavia. Most of the bacalao now comes from Norway and other places like the north. But um, yeah, there's just so much. And one of the things that they're trying to develop are less popular species. That is one of the things that they've definitely said, like, hey, we want to make sure that, you know, we're utilizing all the species. So you do find at that market some species that are not as, uh, not as well known. The other thing they love are these small little tiny snails i wish i could think of the name but they're these really tiny snails which are really great so they're eating everything they're eating snails they're eating uh, crabs they're eating any kind of fish you can imagine they're not they're not too selective they're not they're eating everything well and you have this wonderful picture of a fishing boat coming up on a beach you just don't see that very much anymore yeah, I mean, you don't see exactly. That's the old way, you know, the, the old classic. They're, they're looking looking at a small boat, getting a small catch, maybe to deliver to that restaurant that's right behind. If you turn your head around from that picture, you'd see there's several little restaurants on the beach, and that's probably where they're going to bring their seafood that night. Mm-hmm. And we, we were just amazed at this little place we went to. This grumpy guy who was the chef, and it was just a classic. It reminded us of, of sort of, uh, you know, uh, the Jerry Seinfeld about the no soup for you. You know, the guy was very particular. He didn't want to be interviewed. He didn't want us to know. He didn't care about us publishing his picture on social media. He just said, if you want to eat, come back in half an hour and I'll get you a table. And we were (laughs) delighted with that food. We had some wonderful food, which was uh, black uh, sea ink, uh, you know, a pasta with squid ink. Oh, my God. Love that. <laughs> well, there are places in the world that you can still find this real world, as I call it, uh, the real world of travel, and one of them being the Algarve in Portugal. How do you get there? Uh, you obviously rent a car out of, uh, of Lisbon, but uh, uh, you, uh, other than that, uh, Air Portugal, something like that? Uh, no, actually, you know, we, we were we were happy about it. We flew on SATA. SATA is the airline um, that is um, by for the Azores. And we have, they have direct flights from many U.S. cities, including Boston. You go through um, the Azores onto Portugal, and it's it's um, it's a great service. They they really I would recommend Sata for you know um, to look into it as it's as an alternative to they. Of course, there's TAP Air Portugal, and a lot of the you know U.S. airlines are all flying over to Portugal now. It's such a hot destination, but Sata gives you a chance to stop over in the Azores, and we actually did that. We had a couple of days in the Azores, in the island of Pico. And that was a wonderful experience. Pico is very unique. It's got, I mean, it's got these um, vineyards that they grow, volcanic. They have these volcanic fields um, and fences that they put up where they grow the um, wine inside these things they called corrals. And they're made by taking volcanic rock and making walls out of the rock. So it's it's a very old, old place. It's got a great whaling history. And the island of Pico was just a spectacular place on the way to Portugal. I'd recommend the, the Azores for sure. That's a great tip. So uh, include both in your vacation plans. Uh, the Azores, uh, one, and then uh, Portugal, and especially the Algarve. Um, we've been in several places in Portugal, and uh, we'll talk more about this in future shows, I know, Matt. Max, Max, thank you so much for joining us. And we should say that Max Hart, now I'm going to get it right because you pronounce your name just a little differently. And I want to make sure I'm doing this right. Hartz, 
Hartshorn. And you got there, there we are. Max Hartshorn is editor of GoNomad.com. And we're always happy to be checking in with Max. He does uh, great radio with us right here on Traveling. Thanks again, Max. Good to be with you, Paul. See you next time. And you have been traveling with Paul Leslie and Elizabeth Harriman right here on the American Forces Network and at OnTravel.com. I'm Paul Leslie. As always, travel safe. Join Paul and Elizabeth at any time since each episode of Traveling is available as a podcast on iTunes, keyword on travel, and at ontravel.com. You can join the global community on Twitter and Facebook at ontravel media, and you can email at traveling at ontravel.com. Your suggestions for show topics and comments are always welcome. Join us next time on the American Forces Network and at ontravel.com. I'm Fred Sater.